My name is Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. This is episode four, Overcoming Negative Thought Loops. The biggest part of our problem for those of us in recovery is usually our thinking. Most of us have negative thought after negative thought after negative thought. What I call negative thought loops. Some people call it ruminating. I used to have these all the time before recovery. The negative thought loops are typically about ourselves, how shitty we are, what failures we are. But sometimes they're the opposite though, like how shitty other people are or how much better things would be if only we were in charge. And that's actually how my negative thoughts tend to manifest. Though years ago, they were about what a piece of shit I was, how fat I was, etc. And these thoughts are not productive. Well, not if you want to be happy, joyous, and free anyway. They're actually destructive, as a matter of fact. So how does one move out of these negative thought loops? How do we stop ruminating? Remember that it's the mind's job to think. And many of us believe we are at the whim of our mind in terms of our thoughts, but we're not. We can control what we think, but first we have to notice what it is we're thinking. So let's talk about ruminating versus processing. So we'll tackle rumination first. Rumination is something we do in isolation. It means going over and over something in our minds. If it's about an incident in the past, it means reliving it and re-traumatizing ourselves. You might think of rumination as going to the inner drugstore for a hit for things like cortisol and adrenaline. It's a stress magnifier. Though it begins with a desire to solve a problem, it typically exacerbates our problems by keeping us stuck. These negative thought loops differ from regular problem solving because of the unproductive negative focus they take. There's no movement towards solutions. They don't generate new ways of thinking or behaving, and they keep us stuck in negative emotions. We typically feel worse from from ruminating. To move past rumination, we have to come out of our heads. We have to come out of the isolation of our minds. But how do we do that? We come into conversation and that conversation can either be with another person or with ourselves through journaling. So I'm going to talk about journaling first. When we write it out on paper or perhaps on the computer, we see that the issue is finite. It has a beginning and it has an end. Typically, when we're ruminating and thinking about things over and over, it feels endless. It feels like the problem is endless and will never go away. And when we're in the negative thought loop, which is a loop, which is something that doesn't end, we have to through journaling, get this info out of our heads and into a linear style. So it's not a loop anymore. It's a line. Then we can look at it and let out the emotion associated with it. 
when you're in the loop going over and over and over it again, you're not letting out the emotion. You're more, more likely increasing it and exacerbating it. Letting out the emotion associated with a situation is key. If we stay in the negative thought loop, we're doing the opposite. We're magnifying the negative emotions. Now, some of you may use this knowledge as something to beat yourselves up with. Don't do it. Remember, we start these negative thought loops with the intention of solving a problem. So our intention is pure and good. We just need help to jump out of that loop. So if you're the kind of person who's always looking for reasons to beat yourself up, try focusing on your intentions here, your intention to solve the problem. Now let's talk about processing. When we process information as opposed to ruminating on it, we get relief. We release negative emotions. Processing typically results in some kind of resolution. We can then engage in new thinking, new behavior, new possibilities or insights that help you make sense of your own behavior or of a situation. We typically feel much better after processing. So what does that look like? For me, it's most often done in conversation with another person. That's almost always another fellow or fellows from one of my 12-step programs. The thing is, I can't see me as clearly as others can see me. I'm too close. This is why we need other people. I heard someone from one of my programs say once, the best thing about my sponsor is he's not me. We all laughed when he said that, but it's true. We need other people to get a different perspective on ourselves. For those of you who are still isolating all the time, this just might not be possible in this moment, but you can still learn to process through journaling. What I find is that I figure out what I think about things by writing about them. If you simply can't write, if writing is just not your thing and you're not quite ready to come out of isolation and share with other humans, try talking out loud into the recording device on your phone and then going back and listening to it. Writing is much more effective though and even more effective than that is talking to others. But back to journaling. I'm gonna give you an example of something that happened for me just recently. I was doing some journaling as part of my daily step work where I do an inventory of myself every day. And I was doing it about a situation that was bothering me. All I could come up with during the situation was that I felt nervous. That was as close as I could get to understanding what was going on for me. I started to journal about the situation and came up with the idea that I was nervous because the per maybe the person wanted something for me that I couldn't give them. As I continued to write, what came up was that nervousness was really about the fact that I felt disconnected from that person because of what had happened in the situation. This was news to me. I couldn't see that in the situation. All I could see was my nervousness or really feel my nervousness. Understanding my history as someone who's codependent helps me to see why that would make me nervous. The nervousness was covering up the fact that I felt disconnected from the person. 
Codependence is about identifying more strongly with the needs of others rather than ourselves. I've come a long way in terms of my codependence, and now I care much more what I think of me, much more about meeting my needs than the needs of others, but I still have that tendency to focus on others. So my nervousness about being disconnected from the other person makes sense. Here's the thing though. I'm not disconnected from that person. I'm very much connected to them. I may have felt like I was disconnected, but in my mind, where the craziness sometimes lives, I know I'm not disconnected. And I wrote about that too. I used my brain, which used to go into negative thought loops, to be logical and look at the evidence before me on the paper. On paper, I can see my situation in black and white. I can't deny what I see before me when I write it out like that. Then there is my most common way of processing, which is to talk to others in program. This is something I do multiple times a week, typically at coffee after meetings, but sometimes on the phone. And my sponsor is the most important person with whom I process, but my fellows are really, really important to me. I used to be the kind of person who was totally self-reliant. I never asked for help from anyone. In fact, the thought of asking someone for help made me feel like I was going to die. And I'm not exaggerating there. I actually felt like I'd die if I were to ask someone for help. But now, as a result of my recovery, I've learned to ask for help and accept it. And let me tell you, help is awesome! There are probably thousands of examples that I could share for how my processing works with others. But what comes to mind is from when I was pretty new in recovery. I was talking to someone about how upset and concerned I was about someone else. Recall my codependence, my focus on others. The person said to me, Barb, it's not happening to you. Now, that may sound obvious to those of you out there in podcast land, but it was not obvious to me. I was like, holy shit, it's not happening to me. Oh my God, this was a revelation. That helped me distance myself emotionally from what was happening to the other person. And what's really important is that it not only helped me in that particular instance, It helped me going forward because I now had that phrase in my head. It's not happening to me. This would not have happened had I not processed this situation with someone else. This is really important here. Not only did I get help with my current situation, I got an insight that helped me in the future. This means that there will be future thought loops that I can jump out of because of this new thinking I got from someone else. So not only did I get out of that current thought loop, I was able to prevent untold other negative thought loops. Even more importantly for me, as someone who is really focused on spreading the healing, I've been able to share that thought with dozens of others. And now with all of you who are listening. So my processing the situation with the other person not only gave me a new perspective, but it's helped to give many others a new perspective as well. 
Before I end, I do want to acknowledge that our negative thought loops can also be about the future or they can be conversations we have in our minds with others. So before recovery, I was famous in my own head anyway, for having really long conversations with others. I'd think they're going to say this, then I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say that and so on. And of course, none of it was good. It was all about what assholes they were and how I was going to have to defend against their assholishness and all that. But not one of those conversations has ever happened in real life. Like it's happened in my mind ever. It's just never happened, which I honestly didn't even pay attention to or realize until I was in recovery. So now if I start one of those conversations in my head, I stop it as soon as I recognize it. Since our minds are made to think, I make my mind think of other things. If I can't think of something positive to think, then I pray for other people. It's a task I give my mind to do because my mind wants a task to do. So I might as well make it productive. I hope this has been helpful to those of you who've been plagued by negative thought loops. I honestly never realized I was doing that to myself. And once I did, I didn't think it would ever end, but it can, and it did, and it can for you too. And note that I said I was doing that to myself. This is one of those things the serenity prayer alludes to. I have the wisdom to know the difference between what I can change and what I cannot change. And my thoughts are within my care. I can change them. That's it for this week. Tune in for the next episode, which will be a continuation of how we can get rid of our negative thinking by affirming ourselves. Be sure to share this with anyone who might find it helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can get future episodes of my podcast.